Thank you for joining us for this Freedom Fellowship Extra podcast, where we go beyond our Sunday sermons and make practical Christianity available for you to listen throughout your week. Our guest today is Mr. John Mueller. He is our praise and worship leader here at Freedom Fellowship. John, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for letting me be here to speak today. Absolutely. So let's let's start off with what got you into music in the first place, and, and what did your... Uh, musical influences growing up, both both secular and Christian. What did that look like in in your life? <laughs> you bet. That's a a great question. Um, I grew up in a very small town in Western Colorado as a preacher's kid, and my dad um, at times would not have somebody to play music. So as a 15, 16 year old kid, I picked up the guitar and would play music and but these were this was a very traditional church so I would play traditional hymns that's that's basically how I got started playing in church it ballooned from there because I fell in love with music I was very much into uh, musical theater I was into band Um, I was in choir I was in show choir Um, those were like my main things I, I did all athletics but but music was was where I had started um from there, um, when and then when I first started, I did a lot of, um, and this was a, quite a while ago, folk music was kind of in. I liked to listen to some John Denver, some, some of that or, um, original folk type music. But as music continued to change um, in the 70s during the Jesus movement, there were other um, musical groups that would come along and as that grew, as that changed, I kind of changed in with them. However, the one thing that I will say that I don't pigeonhole myself in musically is just um, that folk contemporary style of worship. While I was going to school in Greeley, Colorado, um, I was at a high holy church, and Dr. Elsa Doherty was the leader of this choir, and I sat and sang second tenor, and we would do, I'll just never forget, we sang um, um, just the high holy hymns and just had a, such an incredible experience and encounter with God at that. So we've got the folk music, we've got the uh, um, classical hymns and then of course as a teenager growing up I like pop music so I have listened to uh, contemporary and I know that in the I guess it was like the 90s when Christian music started to really balloon and we had bands like Jars of Clay, DC Talk, um, bands like that um, started to get radio play and so as that morphed I kind of morphed into the more contemporary and from that point in the 90s I really really got involved with youth and doing we had a full band and we would travel around the state of Colorado playing not only the popular worship songs um, or uh, Jars of Clay or DC Talk but we would pull in rock songs with a positive meaning like Van Halen we would do uh, right now 
Um, there's a song right now about getting in the moment and doing what you're supposed to do right now, and we would take a twist on that into God. So that kind of shows I have a very wide um, experience and passion for all styles of worship. So give me a couple more examples of like what you were talking about with, with Van Halen. What, what other kind of songs? Because for, for some people who are listening, mm-hmm. they may be thinking, okay, well, that's, there, there has to be that hard line in the sand mm-hmm. between secular and Christian. Oh. How, how, can, how can you kind of blend those two? That's a great. That's and it. That's in the lyrics. That's 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 a great question because we were very. Um, one of the things is me as a, as a, a praise and worship leader, or just as a person that listens to music, is I am really really sensitive to the lyrics because lyrics. I I mean this is my own personal opinion and that subconsciously at some point those lyrics get into your brain and so. <clears throat> We would look at those words and and specifically point them in a direction where we wanted to go with worship. For example, right now, the song I talked about with Van Halen, like I said, gets in the moment, make a choice, do the right thing, where we would go into a song from that and talk about the transition of, of right now is your time to make a choice to follow Jesus. And we could go into, I want to follow Jesus, go into a song um, like that from right now. We had another, um, we did another one. It was, uh, we did a bunch of sports type songs and I can't think of the names of them right now, but it was, um, it was actually, that was that same one. It was uh, um, right now. That was the moment we wanted to get in the moment. We sang a song by Evanescence called Bring Me to Life. And that was uh, another song that we did in our, in our band. And we would start off with this song that they'd hear kids would hear on the radio and we would try to uh, transition right into, um, new life in Jesus. And, and I think we, that was one we went and talked about baptism and, and bring me to life and how that does. And these are songs that don't have lyrics that, that, would go against anything that we would believe. Okay. So we were, we were talking about the 90s earlier, and I, I heard a, a story one time uh, from the drummer of Hootie and the Blowfish, if you remember them mm-hmm. from the, the 90s, insanely popular, about 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Their, their biggest hit was called Hold My Hand. He is now a born-again Christian. And so he said, at the time when I wrote that in college, I didn't realize it was a gospel song until I became born again. Mm-hmm. When I heard that on an interview, I, I want to say it was like the 700 Club or something like that. They did an interview with him. I went back and listened to that song. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. There is a gospel song in there, but it it, it was it was you don't think about it because it was so poppy at the mm-hmm. time. And now anytime I hear that song, um, that's what I hear. I hear the gospel message, a, a need for God and, and things like that. So that was, that was insane when I heard that, but that just kind of, kind of shows the universality, if that's a word of lyrics. Um, they, they don't have to be Christian by nature but they, they can actually be a little bit secular, but have take on kind of a, a new life when within the context of, of Christianity. Exactly. No, that, I think that's a great um, 
a great example of, of, of music. There was another song um, that, that came to mind when, you're, when you were talking that, that we did. <clears throat> um, it was by a band called Creed. Now, Creed kind of had an overtone of Christian. Some people said he was. He said he was. I mean, it just... Right. Uh, however, um, he wrote a song about his child called My Sacrifice. I'm sorry, with, with Arms Wide Open. And it was that same type of thing. He wrote this song about his child, his, his child with his arms wide open. And we would take, we took that particular song and with it, arms wide open, just like we put our arms wide open to the Father in heaven, you know, this little boy is putting his arms open to his father, um, who is the, the, the author, the writer from Creed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it has kind of a double meaning if you start, if you look at it. That's a great example. And th- this may get us off into a little bit of a ditch, but um, I went to a Christian concert, and it was a, a very famous female Christian singer. She came and played in, in Texas one time, and I had heard her CD and, you know, real good stuff. This was kind of my aha moment. I, I think hopefully all of us have this at some <laughs> point. And so she was introing this song before she sang it, and she did an acoustic version of it, which was really good. I thought this song was about the Lord. She, in her intro, said, this is a song I wrote about my daughter. And she Mm -hmm. sang it, and my jaw hit the floor. Because this whole time I was thinking that it was a, a love from a father to a child, but it was really a mother to an earthly son so i in other words i thought it was a christian song but when she gave it new light i i was flabbergasted not i don't use that word very often but i i really was because that really caught me by surprise because here i was thinking this christian artist is only going to sing about the lord but Mm -hmm. when you know kind of the reverse of what we just talked about happen. And so that made me kind of reevaluate what I consider worship. Yeah. What what you know, I, I guess there's a difference between Christian music and true worship music. So I want to get your take. What is Ooh, good a question. true worship okay. song? So it, it, you're sitting there talking to me, I kind of have goosebumps thinking about this. So I feel like um what the difference between kind of that secular and the stuff that we do on Sunday morning or even what we do as we listen to K-Love or KLRC or whatever local radio station you're listening to, it's all about the heart. So if you can come to the Lord with your heart in the right place and, and this, the words edify and lift up the glory of God, then that song becomes worship. We don't have to sing songs every day about where worship is more than just singing songs. Worship is a, is a practice that we live while we're praying. It's all about giving the glory to God. So if your heart sings about your arms wide open and your dad's up in heaven and you're singing to him, if your heart says that, then God sees that. And that's where I feel like that it's all about the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes an attitude yeah. that, that we have. It's It's not a a thing that we do that starts our services on Sunday mornings, it is in everything. So let, let me give you an example of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was going through seminary, I had a, a professor say in regards to homework, papers that we were writing, uh, assignments, that kind of thing, he said, 
make it an act of worship. And I, I kind of snickered a little bit. I'm like, okay, stop trying to <laughs> Christianize homework. <laughs> homework is homework. And of course, I realize I'm, I'm talking to a teacher here. And of course, I'm also married <laughs> to a teacher as well. So I, I know no homework. But it, at first, I didn't understand that. Then he, he went on to elaborate. He said, when you do this particular assignment, he said, don't look at it as homework. He said, look at it as a deeper study, a drawing closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Make that be an attitude, a, an attitude of worship when it comes to doing this. He said, get the word assignment <clears throat> out of your brain. He said, let this be your act of worship to the Lord by digging in deeper and drawing closer to him. John, I will tell you, that changed my entire outlook because I saw even homework could be an attitude of worship. That's good. Yeah, that that no, that's really good. changed me. That's good. There's a um, to kind of to piggyback on that. There was a song. Another, I go back to music again because my brain is very musical. <laughs> go but, figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I go back to a song from the 2000s at some point, and it, I had kind of a similar. Um, you know, I kind of knew that in my head what you just said about you know worship is that. But there was a song, a specific song called. Um, Actually, I don't remember, but I remember the lyrics that say, when all is said and done, I will breathe the breath of worship. And I thought, whoa. I mean, I mean, well, you breathe all the time. Everything you do, you breathe. You don't stop mm-hmm. breathing until you die. And when, when all is said and done, you breathe the breath of worship. And so that kind of was significant for me. Like, I need to be, whether I'm teaching my fourth grade students or, or <clears throat> driving a car when somebody cuts me off, mm-hmm. I'm, it's, I mean, all of this is to glorify and edify our Father in Heaven, to glorify God. So, yeah, it makes sense. If you do your homework, do it do it all in the glory of God. That sounds so bizarre, um, but it is, it's your attitude. I, I kind of, I would talk to um, Tracy before we were coming, I kind of said, here's kind of my notes, and she said, <laughs> she said, you're right with attitude. Attitude is, whether you're mad at your wife or your kids are screaming and yelling at church or or if you don't like the song that has been selected that morning it just because that never happens right? it never <laughs> happens. oh my goodness no yeah that's right i'm up there throw the darts yeah but it's it's an ad it's it, your attitude has to be in the right place no matter what so let, let's kind of shift gears a little bit and let's talk about modern worship and i know uh, people who may be listening to this may have their own opinions on mm-hmm. modern worship and kind of what it has, what it has become, versus what it used to be when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm, I still consider myself a young man. Uh, Me I'm, too. I'm kind of holding off, <laughs> holding on to that as long as I can. But you know, when I was growing up, you had the traditional hymns mm-hmm. and, and things like that, versus the modern worship that you see on TV and in some of the big churches out there. So talk to us a little bit about where worship has come, kind of where worship is now. What what are your thoughts on that? That's a that's another one of those deep questions and there's so it's so much to that. Um, to kind of in a nutshell, I feel like one of the things that have happened through the years is church has been a little more culturally relevant and so um, what 
in order to kind of make it more um, to draw in pe- people that are unchurched, they're going to bring in an electric guitar or bring in drums or bring in. So it kind of has changed that way. Um, and I'll say that there's a part of my traditionalist in my heart that I miss those hymns. I, I do miss the hymns. I, I miss the old traditional hymns, and I try to incorporate those um, as I see fit during the during the service. And we can do those in a contemporary way, but I really feel that that um, in order to be, um, I mean. Even Jesus, Jesus went out and he, he met the people where the people were. So we're not, hopefully, um, with the, the songs that we're singing are still um, there to glorify and edify God. So the, the, the intent, the message remains the same, mm-hmm. you That's think? The intent. Just, it's, it's packaged differently? <laughs> That's the intent. That's the intent. Um, and even so, so, so many times, um, there are worship songs that are out there that, and even I can, I'll be up there leading worship, and I'm thinking, man, that, that those lyrics just don't, just don't um, settle right. They're not right. And a, a lot of times, these timeless hymns do. And so, I mean, I feel like, there there are and that is one that is a big challenge that i have i'm just going to tell you right now is to try to find the songs that are really um i don't i can't think of the word but more scripturally based um but you know you think of old traditional songs like holy 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 lord god almighty Early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. And those words are so lyrically solid and based. That's why they're timeless. Whereas if I sing a song, there was a song by Chris Tomlin that was uh, back in the 90s called, same thing, called Holy. Well, I would bet that half the people in our congregation haven't even heard of that song, but yet they have. So I feel like the, the more solid, biblically sound lyrics the longer the song can live and breathe. Now, what about the just just the music? So we we've talked about lyrics, but what about music? When you turn on, you know, K Love or or something along those lines, contemporary Christian, you hear more. Um, a well, let's call it a much different sound from you know uh, years past. Is that? A good thing, bad thing, in from from your point of view, the the music itself is that. Does that do anything to assist, or does it hinder the worship experience, or does it matter? I don't. I really think that what the question is, and I go back to what I said at the beginning, is it's about the heart. It's the heart of worship. I mean, you know. We want to come back to the heart of worship, and people can tell me that they have listened to some scream metal Christian bands, and they can hear the hear the, the voice of God through that. I can't, but other people can. So I don't feel like, for me, it is necessarily the um, style or the type of instruments, but it's the way that, as a worship team or a worshiper— has their heart focused 
on the glory and the awesomeness and just the majesty of God and who he is and what he's done for us. So one of the things, going back to that, uh, that story about the, the Christian artist, my, my aha moment, the timing of that I think was perfect because that was right around the time of Matt Redman's 10,000 Reasons album. I heard the entire album mm-hmm. and fell in love with it. And, and this is you know just from my point of view, the reason I loved it because I realized what true worship music was because it was about the nature and character of God. Yeah. It wasn't about how I feel. The, the, the lyrics were not about how I feel, how the Lord makes me feel. It is about him. That was kind of the part two of my aha moment because, again, it, it kind of brings us back to your main point, which is it's an attitude of worship. It is worshiping our king it is about him. It is not about us. Exactly. No, that's good. Um, when you said that, I, ha- I have a scripture that uh, from John four twenty eight that talks about, um, or t- actually not twenty. It's twenty three. Um, it's Jesus talking, and Jesus says, "Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit." And truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So it kind of, it's that's Jesus telling us this is what you need to do. So explain what what that verse means to you. If if somebody doesn't know how to worship first, or worship in spirit and truth, what what does that look like to you? What it looks like to me. Um, well, you know, first of all, you've got the the whole Trinity, which is another topic. You've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And so part of that Trinity is this Holy Spirit becoming living through us as we as we sing, as we pray, as we do our just like we talked earlier, we we do our daily chores. Um anything that we do so that's the first, that's the spirit. But the part is truth is all about the Bible. I mean, this God has given us this, this word that we stand, uh, we put our every day. This is the word of God. So spirit and then the truth of God, that's what it means to me. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, we we get together on Sunday mornings for what we consider corporate worship. That mm-hmm. is the body of Christ coming together. The I don't want to say the opposite of that, but if we look at just ourselves, personal worship, just you and the Lord, not mm-hmm. not anyone else around. Which of those do you think is more beneficial, or is the answer both? Say that one more time. I per- personal worship versus corporate worship. Oh, that you need both. You absolutely, positively need both. And uh, I, I, as as soon as you said that, I thought of COVID. I mean, what has COVID done? It it it. A year ago, at this time, it had put us all into our shells, into our which, I mean, in a way, it was kind of nice because the the world got to slow down for a bit, and personal worship was what was happening. However, that's not what the Bible says. Again. 
The Bible says that we need to get together. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there's, there's the, um, that he's there. There's, we are stronger together than we are individually. Accountability, there's so many things that, I mean, God calls us. I've heard Eric say that several times in his sermons, that, that we need to be here. We need to be here in, in church. We need to be here. But, once again, I do, personally, I try as hard as I can to spend at least 15 to 30 minutes every day in my personal just, okay, turn off my phone, turn off the world, and to spend that personal time in worship. Now, I wish I could say I did that every day, but I do my best to get that done. There, It's a balance. You need both. So, elaborate on that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um why, why, if, if someone is listening to this, why is personal worship, why is that so important in the life of Christians? Well, God wants to, to know us. He, he, he wants to be our friend. I mean, it says he's a jealous God. He wants um, to be connected to us. And just like... Um, if I went up to my wife and she said, I love you, and I said to her, well, today's Tuesday. I don't really love you today. She would look, she'd probably punch me in my, and if you know Teresa. I'm right, yeah. But <laughs> anyways, no, but that's because that's not, if you're in a relationship with a person, you need to spend time with them. So that's the first thing is <clears throat> that you, you, God wants us to spend time with him. So, I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can do it. I mean, you know, journaling, I, I am not a journaler, but um, during this Lenten season, which we don't really talk about at our church, but I kind of still practice it a little bit, is I've done, I've tried to journal almost every day. I try to write something in there, to, so just, I just write down whatever comes to mind, whatever I'm communicating with God. Um, fasting, I know we talked about fasting a few weeks ago, I think you talked about fasting. That's mm-hmm. another great way to do some sort of personal worship, and then, of course, praying. I mean, Praying can happen all the time. So that's your personal worship is kind of this what I do. Yeah. So let me ask this. If I come into Freedom Fellowship this mm-hmm. Sunday morning, hopefully this isn't the case, but let's say I don't feel like worshiping mm. <laughs> with, with, with music. What, what would you say to me if, because you are the worship leader, someone is, you know, let's say I'm holding on to a fight my wife and I had last yeah. night or, or this morning, someone who is not in that worship frame of mind, mm-hmm. walk me through what would you say to, to them, to, to me in that situation? So the first thing that comes to mind, and, and, and what you're saying is the reality. There are times that I don't feel like getting up there. I mean, that's, that is the reality we live in. We all have feelings, and feelings are fickle. Feelings come, feelings go. Um, so I, that's the first thing that just have to realize is that feelings come and feelings go. However, um, sometimes you need to worship in order to feel like worshiping. Just like we sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, but sometimes you have to get out of bed to start your day. So, and sometimes you just have to go through. I know it, it sounds hard at first, but go through the motions. That's the start. But you have to go to the heart. You got to go back to that heart. We talked about 
this a hundred times that we've talked, worship is very heart and not so head. It's very much in your heart. And I, I mean, there are times uh, when I've been to a worship service before and I haven't felt, and I'll just sit down and I will close my eyes and I will just soak in and I just pray against my, because your emotions come and go. And hopefully, well, I, if, if you're faithful, I, I 100% feel like if you are faithful with that, and you have a contrite heart, and your heart is really searching after God, he will. He's, I mean, he's faithful. He, he, he will touch that. So sometimes you have to worship in order to feel like worshiping. That's very well said. Very well said. Because I, I think all of us, at one point or another, it's like, ugh, don't want to be here today. I would Absolutely. rather be doing something else. But we've also had those times where when we are in that mindset of I don't want to be here, I don't mm-hmm. want to worship, I don't want to surrender, and the Lord breaks through. Absolutely. His Holy Spirit does that, and you end up like, wow. Absolutely. And what it di- what it does, and I, I feel like, I mean, this is a little bit of an aha just in our conversation now, is when we come in with that attitude, it made the focus on us. Yeah. And when we are selfish and when it's on us, oh, I don't feel good, oh, I don't then we need to focus that back to him, and that's what it's all about. Okay, I don't feel good, but God, you're here. God, thank you for another day of life. Lord Jesus, thank you that I'm able to get to church today. Thank you that things are starting to slow down in COVID, and you start to take that focus off yourself and not the selfishness of, oh, I don't feel good. And so I think and that's God will honor that. Awesome. So let me let me ask this, kind of going switching gears back to music. We've switched gears so many times. Yeah, that's, right. that's all right. Um, what are some good worship bands or artists that you're listening to now uh, that you would recommend that that people check out? Ooh, um, I am right now in the current um, scheme of. Christian of worship music. I'm talking specifically worship music. Okay. Um, it's pr- there. It's kind of all over the place. What how I usually do is I use my Spotify or my Apple Music, and I'll I'll type in worship music, and I'll just kind of that's I use those channels on uh, online. There, I think their YouTube channels the same the same way. The popular ones out there right now, and there are there are a lot. Are, is Hillsong Worship. And um, Bethel Music is another good one. Elevation Worship. Um, there's uh, um, Red, Walk, Red Rocks Worship. I'll say that three times. Um, so there's a few bands out there. Now, that being said, um, there is some controversy in some of those. Anytime you get a big corporation and you get big, so you, once, you just have to kind of go through those and, and go back to listen to the words is are the words I, I i mean god uses all things like i mean he used tax tax collectors he used sinners all the time so does that mean that i'm not going to listen to hillsong because they had an issue in theirs I, mm, that's that's kind of up to you your own personal choice on that um because they're they're one that is under fire a little bit however there are many songs we do on sunday morning that are just anointed and just bring a person into the spirit of god so those are the big ones the big ones are the bethel elevation um hillsong red rocks uh but 
I mean, there are there there are quite a few out there. It's become very very widespread. If you did talk to me about this 25, 30 years ago, we'd have about five on our list, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, and when when people look at the the news, they they see about uh, these different uh, big worship outlets like Bethel, mm-hmm. um, and and some people. They don't agree with the theology mm-hmm. of Bethel, and, and I want to be careful not to get too too far into the ditch here. Yeah, but you you said that certain songs are anointed, um, and a lot of Reformed and Baptist churches they will sing those songs, but they don't necessarily agree with the theology behind them. So if if there's somebody out there who is aware of some of the things that happen at Bethel and they say, oh, well, they, they do something wacky out there. So I'm just going to completely shut out their music from my ears. Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or do you have a take on that? Should we listen to uh, certain music if we don't agree with them theologically? That's a really, that's a, that's kind of a, a, a personal question that I, that I struggle with constantly a lot um but like i said before if it's about the heart of worship and how i'm going to present it just like i played songs on the radio at the beginning when we talked about playing van halen i mean van halen that's like the most non-christian band that's probably in the past in the history of rock and roll but yet i could do it in a way that is able to present the gospel so if i can do it with van halen then i feel like that would be okay, as long as it's not, it's edifying God, it is scripturally relevant, and it enters people into worship. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Because I I know there's a lot of people, including here at this church that I've talked to, that sometimes they don't listen to certain things because of of a, a negative stigma associated yeah. with that, and, and that, could, that's a yeah. very real thing. And we, we see that with, with Hillsong, of course, Hillsong, New York, uh, Carl Lentz with what happened to him. Yeah, th- he is associated with Hillsong, but does that mean that Highland Song of Ascent is now bad because there's some some issues with the the ministry overall? And and I would say no, no, because it's it's song specific as long as it is scripturally relevant, like like what you just said that that becomes now a personal choice and and for people to to pray about. Absolutely, absolutely. And and God uses all things um for his good. I mean, it, another scripture right there, he does. And um I think it was you that preached a couple weeks ago about having a plank or stick in your own eye. I mean, before, I mean, I, you know what? I don't know about Hillsong New York. I don't know what happened there. That is up to God. And how am I not to be I I mean, I know what's right and wrong, but I need to move aside from that. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You're welcome. Um, we have a whole lot more we can talk about uh, when it comes to worship, and and so we will definitely have you back and kind of dig a little bit deeper into it. Sounds great. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for downloading this Freedom Fellowship Extra podcast. Our prayer is that this message helps you take what we learn in Scripture and apply it to our everyday lives. If you are looking for a church home, we invite you to check us out this Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We're located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. 
You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com. Our mission here is to love God, love people, and serve both.